Hi, miserable bitches. My name is Cody. My name is Emily. And we are back. Yes, we are back, honey, with another episode of Misery Manor. But as you know, before we get started, leave your manners at the door. Now. Please. Hello, friends and family. We are back, and it feels so good. Yeah, we had a little hiatus, but we were working on some cool stuff. Yes, working on some cool stuff that we can't give away right now, but in the future for sure. And you're all going to fucking love that. And a lot of you have been messaging us, when's the next episode? When's the next episode? Honey, we have been traveling. We have been, we do have a life, um, we do have a day job. And we've just been busy, but we're back. Yeah, we've been busy. We're back, and we have some really cool episodes for you all, so we are super excited to record today. We actually have missed all of you very much. We love doing this so much. So, we're back, and we're ready, Freddie. Oh. And I also want to add, I posted on the Instagram page, but we are in the process of having some really cool... um, t-shirt designs made and they're going to be like this like vintage style retro um so we have a lady right now that's working on those designs right now and i will get them out are we going to post them how are we going to how are they going to order it on the website oh the website needs help so don't go to it <laughs> <laughs> but um i think that's where it's going to be we'll figure it out well like our our big tiered um patreons they'll get a shirt mm-hmm. yeah so like oh, that's true like like lane Shout out to Lane for being a Patreon. Yeah, she's our newest Patreon. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Lane. Um, so yeah, the the highest tiered one, which I think is twenty dollars, you will get a shirt automatically. So don't even worry. Well, about yeah, and we'll message you about like what size. Yeah, but um, speaking of Patreon, if you want to be a Patreon, the link is in our bio. You can donate two dollars, three dollars, all the way up to twenty, and it just helps us. Oh, uh, you can go more than that if you, you can want. go more than twenty if you want, but um. It just helps us with, like, new equipment and just being able to, you know, do merch and just be able to elevate this as much as possible. So, yeah, enough with that shit. Um, I almost died last week. What happened? Oh, my God. Emily got in a car wreck and she, the video footage is insane and she is alive and she's well. And And the most important part, it was my fucking fault. It was not her fucking fault. But the funny thing is, is like the car wreck looked so terrible. Like it looked scary. Like somebody could have died. And I was like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, are you sad? And she was like, I'm just hungry. Because we were on our (laughs) way to get sushi. So that's all she was really focused about was she wanted the sushi. So And my Jeep. And her Jeep. So wish her well, because I think it's totaled. But we should find out any minute. And last jibber jabber, she got another fucking rabbit. Oh, Jennifer. Her name's Jennifer, and she is a, what is she called? An English lop. An English lop. So her ears are as long as Hades, and she <laughs> trips on them, and it's very cute. So now 
we have little Nikki and Jennifer. Big Jen. Big Jen, baby. She's a big girl. She is a big girl. She's and a big girl? she's locked up right now because she's fucking psycho. Oh, she's sweet but a psycho. A little bit psycho. Okay. So let's get into this case, shall we, mama? We shall. I'm really excited about this case because there are not many cases that both you and I know that we haven't discussed. And we both know this case and we haven't discussed it. So That's true. So this is exciting. So this was also exciting to me because this is not one that's like a well-known one. Like it happened and it should be well-known, but like, you know, it didn't make national news. No, but we know about it because we're really close to where it happened. Exactly. So when I found it, one of our Patreons actually were like, oh my gosh, you should do this case. And I was like, oh, let me look into it. So I dug it out and I was like, wow, this there's a lot to this. Um, there's even a 2020 episode about it. And then what did you say there was? Forensic Files. A Forensic Files um, case about this. So let me get into it. And I'm not going to go, I'm not going to tell you from the get-go, you know, but for our viewers, I'm not going to go into the beginning. Like I'll usually say like, oh, this is about the murder of so-and-so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of leave it up to you to figure out as we progress yes. through it. Because when I was first reading it, it was not clear to me Mm-mm. who actually had committed like who did this and i was kind of shocked at the very end okay very okay so let's get started so christina paulilla i'm pretty sure that's how you say it paulilla christina but i'm just going to call her christine oh it's christine okay let me start over okay her name is christine paulilla but i'm just going to refer to her as christine sounds good so christine was born march 31st 1986 in long island new york to her parents, Lori and Charles, who were both, by all accounts, very loving, loving parents. Um, and I say were, because sadly, when Christine was two, her father was killed in a serious construction accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and this obviously left her and her mom devastated. Um, and then to make matters worse, literally right after that occurred, Christine's grandparents passed away as well. Oh my God. So because of all this heartache, her mother started diving into drug use. Mm. And as, as a result of like hurt and depression, um, it just became a downward spiral. She was trying heroin. She was doing meth, cocaine, all of like the heavy duty drugs that your parents say, don't do that. Except fentanyl. She didn't do that. Um, oh. It was just a downward spiral. And Christine's only two, right? And she's two. Oh, goodness. So things got so bad that her mother even lost custody of Christine when she was seven. Um, so she was sent to live with her remaining grandparents. So as if this is already heartbreaking enough and traumatic for a young girl to go through, when Christina was a young girl, she was severely bullied every single day growing up. Um, this is because when she was five years old in kindergarten, she was diagnosed with alopecia. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are listening who don't know what alopecia is, it's a complete loss of hair from the scalp or any body part. And the condition usually occurs when the immune system destroys the hair follicles that result in hair loss right so christine's christine's mother Lori, said quote she would wake up in the morning and there would be clumps of hair all over her pillow patches here Mm. patches there patches everywhere (laughs) sorry that sounds like like a a doctor seuss i know so christina completely lost all of her hair at a very very young age she had no eyebrows she had no eyelashes and obviously no hair on her head either So as a young girl, you know, she was playing with Barbies and her mom said that she wanted so desperately to have long, beautiful hair like the other girls. Um, So her mom started buying her wigs. Now, I don't want to comment on the family's financial situation at this point because I don't know it. But the wigs that her mother bought her 
were very hocus pocus, very party city wigs. Like yeah. they look like some like the attachment of a costume that you would wear for yeah. Halloween. Um, so because of this, the kids caught on to it. They ridiculed her. She was the laughing stock of school. Um, Christine would even draw on her eyebrows with a marker when she got to school, but they would easily smudge, you know, if something rubbed against it, it rained, or she was, like, sweating, and the kids would, like, joke about it nonstop and just completely, just all day, every day, tell her about this. So, on top of that, poor Christine had horrible eyesight. She could barely see, so she was wearing the really, really, really thick lens glasses, and she had that wig on, so, like, the kids were horrible to her they were mean and she had to go through a lot growing up so it was um, reported that when christina would walk to class the students would run up behind her and rip her wig off and run away with it or toss it around playing catch or some of them would just throw it in the garbage and like spit on it that is so fucked up but i can picture it happening oh yeah and um some of the school staff would say christina would just be seen crying hysterically Um, She was a loner in early grades of school, and she was always walking around sad. So yeah, a lot of bad, sad shit's happening, but good news is her mom gets clean and ends up getting custody of Christina again. So this makes Christina very, very, very happy, even though there's like a lot of shit going on at school. She's excited to have her mother back in her life because she loved her mom, and she didn't understand why her mom was being taken away from her in the first place. Um, So her mother gets reestablished, gets clean, um, and she even meets another guy, and they eventually get married. So they they um, move from New York, and they move to a small town right outside of Houston, shout out to Houston, um, in a city called Clear Lake, which is a suburb of Houston. Right. And for those people who don't know, isn't it closer to the coast, right? Yeah, it's like south of Houston. Like, like from where we are right now, it's like 15 minutes. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize it was that close. Oh, oh this yeah. Oh, Okay. Like, um, I'm going to mouth the person to you. She lives there. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, yep. So they moved to a small town um, right outside of Houston called Clear Lake. And so at this point, Christina is about to enter high school and she enrolls in Clear Lake High School. So like any other high school, the bullying continued and almost immediately the kids were making fun of her. Some of them would try to trip her in the hallway. They were throwing stuff at her. I'm like, first of all, what high school? I mean, maybe it's because it's like the 90s. My high school would have done it and it's not the 90s. It's the 2000s. Oh yeah, you're right because she was born in the 80s. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, mine would have never done that. I don't think. Or maybe because it was I was the one doing it. That's (laughs) what I was going to say. No. So they were bullying her. They were making fun of her. However, Christina was befriended by the two most beautiful and popular girls in school. Tiffany Rowell and Rachel Calordis. I'm just going to call her Rachel. (laughs) So these two girls, by all accounts, were so nice to Christine. Mm -hmm. They were like genuine friends. Um, They saw that people were being hateful towards her, so they took Christine under their wing. Um, So, yeah, when I first read this, the first thing that popped in my mind was like, oh, fuck, Regina George and that posse on Mean Girls, you know how they take the new girl, and they're like, oh, you know, we'll help you, but they ended up, like, fucking with her. It was really just Regina. Right, but these girls, total opposite. They helped her. They were fantastic. So when Christina first got into high school, she dressed a little weird. She didn't know. She was, like, mix-matching clothes. Um, she still wore those very, very cheap wigs. She didn't glue them down, so they were always, like, kind of off-centered and oh. stuff. Um, and she just wasn't holding herself as well as she could. And the girls took on to this. So 
Rachel and Tiffany decided to make her feel good and confident, um, they brought her over to her house and they did like a makeup class and they showed her how to apply makeup. Not that she needed it, but they were just like, this might make you feel confident yeah. better. So they showed her a proper technique on how to fill in her eyebrows so that it wouldn't smudge. They even gave her makeup that they had that she liked. They told her how to contour all that good stuff. They, they told her how to do her makeup. They took her shopping and paid for her clothes as <gasps> well. Um, and they even helped her pick out some new wigs that were like real hair um, that fit her right. And they said that um, the families and the friends said that Christine was like smiling from ear to ear. She loved it. She came to school with this whole new like aura about her. Like she was like living. Which like that's a big thing too. Because like even if you got like a haircut or anything like that and you right. go into school, everyone's going to say something. Right. Know? And like the crazy part is Christine's family said that she was obviously super happy with this. And the bullying stopped almost immediately when she came in. Also fucked up. But... Right. So, and they said that she wasn't depressed. She wasn't angry. She was excited to go to school. Right. She was excited to make friends. Boys started catching on to her. Dang. So now she's like this beautiful, confident young woman. And this is the crazy part. So her senior year of high school, her classmates voted her Miss Irresistible. That's weird. Which like, that's kind of sexual, right? Miss Irresistible. Like, yeah, very. In high school, I won um, most likely to be on a reality TV show, and I won most outspoken. Oh, so you won two things. Sure did. What did you win? People didn't even know who I was. <laughs> most likely to dye their hair every color under the rainbow. That and most likely to be, or most uninvolved. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So... Christina was very excited about the superlatives, and she told Tiffany and Rachel, um, she was like, none of this would have happened if it wasn't for your love, your support, your encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, she thought so highly of Rachel and Tiffany that they were the only two people in her life that she would allow to see without her wig on because she was super embarrassed. Um, but she was like, I trusted them so much that, you know, I was comfortable around them and I didn't care. They knew me for who I was and she didn't care. So she would take it off when they would get home when she was relaxing, and those were the only two people. She wouldn't even do it around her family. Wow. So, like, how you let me see you without your wig on? Exactly. So, Rachel and Tiffany would, um, it was reported that Rachel and Tiffany would remind Christina daily. Like, they would come up to her and be like, hey, just remember, beauty's on the inside, not on the outside. Like, they were, con and they would write, like, little notes to her and pass it to her so that she could, like, Stop. look at it. Um, Rachel, this is so sweet. Rachel kept a photo of Christine in her purse of them two. <gasps> and on the back of it, Christine wrote, damn, we've had some crazy memories. I love you forever. And she kept that in her purse. So sweet. So let's move on for more of Christine's um, life. She meets this boy. Okay. So I know y'all thought this whole story sounded great. This is a true crime podcast. Don't forget mama. So here's where we're getting into it. So Christina meets this boy. And this is where the shat goes down, honey. The shardy party. Christina falls head over heels for this dude and begins dating Chris Snyder. So we have Christine and Chris. Really, oh. bitch? Really. Hmm. Don't like that. So Chris, Chris was known in the town as being super aggressive, being super pushy. Being a know-it-all, he had a severe drug problem, and he had a huge police record already. He's in high school? He is a year older than her, so at this point, one, oh. so he's 19. Okay. So needless to say, though, he's not Mr. Irresistible. <laughs> oh, God, is he ugly? 
I, I mean, forgot what uh, he has an like. eyebrow piercing and he's kind of mm-hmm. punk. Yeah. Um, so, and I'll post photos of him on the Instagram I for- too. Like, I just remember what the girls look like in this case. I don't right. really remember what the the boys look like. Right. And Rachel and Tiffany are beautiful. I don't know. I don't think I mentioned. Oh, I said they were the most beautiful. Yeah. But like, oh my God, naturally beautiful as well. Um, They were super involved in their high school too. Like, they were doing extracurricular activities, sports, cheerleading. They were just all around, like, that high school, like, popular Opposite girl. Right. Of Opposite me. of you. Yeah. So, um, right. So, she meets this boy. Loved him, thought the world of him. Christina's mother said that when she first met Chris, she said it scared the shit out of her from the moment she met him. Christine's mom? Christine's mom. She said, I had a horrible feeling in my stomach, and my stomach was, like, curdling. Like, she was like, oh, something's up with this. And she even mentioned, quote, she said there was something about his eyes I could not get over. Do you know who else said that? Whose mom said that? Who? Kellyanne Bates. Remember? that's true. Yes. Kellyanne Bates, she sure did say that. Moms know. Moms know, yeah. She said that his eyes were like, just like something behind those eyes was not fucking right. So Tiffany, so the mom was like, I don't like him. She told Tiffany and Rachel, she was like, I don't have good feelings about him, but like you're close to her, like make your own judgment. And Tiffany and Rachel too said at the very beginning, they were like, no, 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 no. And she, they constantly like would step in and be like, you know, Christine, like you can do so much better. You know, I don't want to see you hurt. You know, we've worked so hard to boost up your confidence. Like, don't, you know, backtrack. He has a drug problem. You've seen what it does to your mom. Like, yeah. you know, like, let us help you find some, you know, we know guys that think you're beautiful. Like, let's, you know, go on blind dates, stuff like that. They tried everything in the book. Um, they said, quote, there's another guy out there for you that would treat you with dignity, respect, and love. That's what they would okay. constantly remind her. So the two, like I said, tried to introduce her to other guys. It did not work. In fact, it made Christine piss. <sighs> some so, girls just want to fix a guy. Or some people just want to fix a person. Right. I mean, and she is coming from a background where she has no confidence whatsoever. Like, if this is the first guy that showed her any attention, she might just jump on that, you know. Dick. <laughs> yes, we're going to get to that, too. So Christina started becoming less confident, outgoing. She was not putting herself together. Um, she was starting to behave very weirdly. And like her friends were like, uh, she, something's off, something's off. Um, she was super, super, super jealous of anything Chris said or did. Um, there's like instances where he would like look at another girl and she'd be like, what the fuck are you looking at? And like <gasps> slap him. Oh my God. She would call him over and over again. If he didn't answer, she would like show up at the house. Um, she would start crying and calling his family, like, where is he? Where is he? Um, it would even get to the point where her jealousy and insecurity would, like, cause her to hit him in public. Like, if he, like, looked at another girl, didn't put his arm around her, she would just hit him, smack him across the face. Now, is there anything noted about her using drugs with him at this point? Yes. So, she does okay. start dabbling into drugs as well. So, maybe, like, do you think that behavior had anything to it do could. with it? Like- it could, for sure. So Chris's family said that they knew Christine as the psycho, (gasps) the quote, the psycho in the family. And here's why. So Chris and Christina would get in heated fights and arguments and she would scream and yell at him. So he would like kick her out of the house. Well, like his parents' house at the time. Oh God. And like he would lock the door. So Christina would scream, yell. They had one of those like, um, 
what is it called? Screen doors. Uh-huh. And she would shake it. <gasps> she would rattle it. She would ring the doorbell over and over again, beat on the walls, cry, throw herself against the window. And when they wouldn't answer it, she would sleep in the lawn till they woke up the next morning and start all over again. This is why I'm not having kids. This is when you turn on the sprinklers. <laughs> uh yeah, so she would just wait in the lawn until the next morning. and then She probably wouldn't have cared, when though. She, and then, the, like the mom said, when the lights would turn on in the house, like after they woke up, she would, Oh, let me in! Let me in! Where's her mother? Isn't concerned? I don't know if she knows this is going on. So her sister Brandy said that Christina would threaten, like, so she would get so mad that she would start screaming, I'm going to kill your mother, I'm going to kill your <gasps> father. And she would even threaten to kill Brandy, the sister. And the sister was like, bitch, you know the fuck you are. So, and then Brandy described Christina as the cancer to the family. Like, she was just, like, a nuisance. So there was a report that one night after a very heated argument between the couple, Christina grabbed Chris's head and licked him from his chin all the way up to his forehead and ran out of the house. Wait. <laughs> she licked his entire face from his chin to his forehead and ran out the house. And when asked about it, she said, I'm just claiming him. Bitch, you ain't a fucking dog. My dog wouldn't even do that. Okay, but disgusting that's like the weirdest thing do you if if you're chris in that situation do you get mad do you laugh does it amplify it does it make it work i don't like, so that's all she did that was the only contact they had in, in that moment well she, she would hit him but then she got to the point where she was just licking his oh, face oh so this happened a lot yeah this happened a lot and she what said if it was, josh did that to you i would oh that'd be uh, well it depends on what kind of sense it was like it was it aggressive or what um so, yeah, she would do this to claim him, she said. So, in turn, though, because of her bad behavior for acting this way, she would tell Chris that he needs to have sex with her very violently and rough so that she can, so that he can punish her for acting that way. Okay. Because so she was like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. So we need to have sex really roughly and just, like, punish me for it. Okay, look. People <laughs> have their own kinks, and that is fine. But, like, they're in high school. Yeah. That's so odd. So Christina, or Chris told his family, though, that there was two things in life that scared him. One, being the cops, and two, being Christine. Oh. Yeah. So it's very clear that Christina at this point is unraveling. She's lashing out. She's expressing herself in horrible ways. And at this point in her life, um, oh, like I mentioned earlier, she's a drug addict herself, deep in it as well. So I'm going to change gears for a little bit. Thank here's, you. here's some more tragedy. No, this is the worst part. So on July 18th, 2004, four dead bodies were found. The bodies were Rachel, Tiffany, Marcus, who's Tiffany's boyfriend, and his cousin Albert. So okay. the two best friends. Yes. The four were innocently enjoying a pizza party together when the murder occurred. Um, they were all between the ages of 18 and 21. And the police stated that the killings were committed in such a brutal fashion that they concluded it had to have been the result of some deep-rooted anger and hatred. They said the murder scene looked like execution style. Fuck. Um, the four young adults all suffered gunshot wounds. In addition, Marcus had severe blunt force trauma to the head and mm -hmm. Rachel sadly received the worst. Her head was bashed in. It was described as a flat basketball. <gasps> um, there was a huge clump of hair in her hand as if she was like trying to fight to get away. 
Um, she was shot 12 times, once in the left butt cheek, um, which showed them signs that she tried to run away. Uh -huh. um, she was shot point blank in the vagina. Um, and when the police showed up, they said this was the worst scene that they had ever seen. Can we just go back? Her head. It was bashed in like it looked like a flat basketball. Oh so God. again, all these are just showing cops like whoever did this, they know these people because this is hatred. This is anger. So 40 shots had been fired in all. And they said that all the shots were very incredibly precise. Okay. Um, and the, close, right? And close. And they said that Rachel's wounds were definitely the result of overkill. Someone was mad and they oh. just overkilled. Um, they said that well, the killer... Well, I mean, sorry to interrupt, mm -hmm. but she was beaten mm -hmm. and, and shot, shot. sexually, yep. They said that um, the killer must have known her because of the placement of the wounds gave hints of a personal relationship. The shot to the vagina led them to believe that it was some sort of, like, sexual jealousy or competition in some sort. That is wild that they yep. can tell that from there. However, the police had no leads, so they ruled it a robbery gone wrong and that it was just drug-related, and here's why. So Rachel and Tiffany both worked at a local strip club as a waitress. They weren't strippers. And their boyfriends were known all around town to sell cocaine and ecstasy. Mm -hmm. So they ruled it a robbery, but still they had no clues or leads like who could have caused this. So 400 leads were given to the police in the next three months, but they all went nowhere. They were all drug related. So it was like all the people like, oh yeah, I think it could have been this person, but none of it ended up being um, whoever it actually was. So right. sadly, Christina was devastated. She did not attend the funeral. Um, she said it. she didn't attend because she was so de severely depressed. Um, and I mean, these are the murders of her two best friends. Um, and she just kind of felt like she was like in a low, sad spot. So, okay. of course, all of the family members were calling her saying like, are you doing OK? Like people would check on her. Oh. And she was like, I'm fine. I'm just severely depressed. I can't. I can't. I can't see this. You know, those were the only friends that I had. Right. And they had like kind of lost contact a little, I guess. A little because her... of the new relationship. So yeah. Chris was later arrested for auto theft. Um, so him and Christina, <laughs> him and Christine broke up. So while Chris is in jail, Christine was like, you know what? I'm going through a lot. My two friends were just murdered. So she checks herself into a rehab facility in Kerrville, Texas. But she meets a guy that she has her eyes out for. His name is Justin Rott. So the oh. two instantly fall in love. She checks out of rehab. They get married and they buy a condo together. So they use the money that her dad left her when, when he died. Um, and it was $400,000. Shit. So they were using that, sadly, to get drugs. And then they bought this yeah. condo. But can I just say, and I know, like, one of my cousins that I don't talk to, but he found a woman in rehab. Yeah. Oh, and you they can, say that that's, like, the number one It is one thing. the worst, like, Yeah, they not, tell you when you leave, no. like, the worst thing you could do is to get into a relationship, especially with someone that you met here. Exactly. And it did not work. And no, exactly. So, no. Christine's family actually mentioned that they did not like Justin because he had a horrible history with drugs, obviously, and he was known to leech off women. Oh. Yeah. So, while all this is going on, three years pass from since the murders and no clues as to who is responsible for the murders has come up. So, it's still unsolved. So, what is it still like they're still working on it? They're still actively Which working is surprising on it. because you have two young girls that are working in a strip club mm -hmm. and you have two drug dealers. Yep. So, that's and why they were kind of like, 
they were still, I don't know if they were actively working on it, but they were accepting leave, leads and they never closed the case. But okay. I don't think it was like, we're on the hunt, you know? No, yeah. But I mean, I'm just, that's just like good on them because right. usually in those cases, it's like, eh, it was Fuck this. It. Right. Yeah. Move on. Right. So one day, Christine and Justin are at home watching TV and they see a report on the news regarding the murders of the young, four young girls, four, four young adults. And so the report announced that they had new sketches of the possible murderers. So when the news broadcasted, uh, Christine got up from the couch and she began, began pacing the room back and forth, back and forth. And she started saying like, oh my, oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And her <laughs> husband was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Her like, husband? Her husband, at the, they're married. Oh shit, I yeah. guess I missed that. Yeah, they're married. They got married right after rehab. Ew. So her husband, Justin, was like, is everything okay, baby? Like, why are you so upset? Like, I know these were your friends, but like, you're acting really weird. And she stopped him, looked at him, like, dead in the eye. And she goes, does that sketch look like me? <gasps> and he gave it a closer look. And he kind of laughed. He was like, yeah, it kind of does. Why? And she was like, I did it. I'm the murderer. I did it. So at that point, she breaks down. She falls to the floor. And she starts admitting her version of the events. Can you imagine Mr. Rot? First of all. He's like, oh, fuck. His last name is Rot. Rot. So according to her, Christina, so Christina and her ex went to the particular house to steal money and drugs. Um, she said that when she got there, um, it was his idea and she didn't know that this was going to all happen. So right before they entered the house, she said Chris handed her a gun and she was very taken off guard. So she, she was like, uh, uh, why do I have this? He was like, you know, she said uh, it was just to protect herself. That they, this is her account. This is her version. She said they walked in and Chris immediately shot Priscilla and then... Uh, he told Christina to just start shooting and she was like, no, I can't. And then she said, but out of the blue, the gun just started shooting and I didn't know what to do. So I held it up. Ah. Wow. So guns, that's how guns act. <laughs> so guns started shooting all over the house. She said after that, she looked around and everyone was dead. So they fled the scene. But then Chris told her to go back and make sure everybody was dead or they would get caught. And that scared her. So she went back. So she did confirm that the next part is true though. And later I'll tell you because she confessed to this part to somebody in rehab that she confided in. So she said she walked back in the house and she saw her best friend Rachel um, on the floor choking on her own blood. And she was crawling to her cell phone. And she was, like I said, choking and gagging on her own blood. Rachel was begging and pleading for her life. She was like um, saying like, why, why, please don't, please don't, you don't have to do this. And when uh, Christine noticed that Rachel was close to the phone to dial 911, she grabbed the phone. Oh, sorry. She kicked the phone away from her, shot her in the vagina, and then proceeded to beat her upside the head with the back of the gun just to ensure that she was dead. So after that, like the monsters they are, Chris drove Christine to Walgreens because she needed to clock into her shift. Wouldn't she have blood all over her? Right. So... Chris, uh, investigators placed the time of the passing of the victims at around 325 in the afternoon and Christine's check-in at Walgreens was right before four so she literally went boom to boom and wait 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 earlier you said how many rounds 40 or 40 gunshots yeah the Clear Lake is like a suburb mm-hmm so, like, the houses are just right I'm not sure what area of town this is. I don't know. But I've watched the episode. Like, I've watched and read about it. It's in, like, a little suburb, like, mm -hmm. their house. Because one of their dads, I think, gave them. You would think that. Bought them this house to live in after high school. 
So it's like on a street with other houses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Are you how do they not? Think that someone would hear? Yes, yeah, I know. Um. So yeah. So she clocks into Walgreens. So keep in mind, this is what Christina is telling her new husband Justin. So he was shocked. Mm-hmm. He like cried. He freaked out a little bit. But then he was like, you know what? We need to go on the run. <gasps> I'll go with you. So they find a La Quinta in San Antonio. A La Quinta. Whatever. I don't stay in those bitches. Um, they find a La Quinta in San Antonio and they decide to stay there where the two of them relapsed on drugs and went on a horrible binge. They were using $500 worth of heroin a day. The only thing the couple would eat were Cheez-Its, Reese's peanut butter cups, and soda. So very, very balanced diet. They were very, but I'm going to post photos of the apart or the, um, hotel room. It is disgusting. There's literally mounds and mounds and mounds of trash. Cheez-Its everywhere, needles everywhere. Um, they would not leave the um, the um, hotel room for fear of getting caught because this was now on like media outlets, news stations, police were on the hunt. The only time they would leave the hotel was to get more drugs. And they ended up staying here for seven months <gasps> and they did not let the housekeepers in not once. Ew, what? I've been like, no, bitch, we're doing a wellness check. Oh, can you for imagine seven what it smells? Months. Do you think they ever brush their teeth? With a needle. They probably... Oh, I know so what you were going to say. When they, when they came into the, the room, the, peop- the the guys entering the room said that it was covered in vomit, <gasps> blood, which I was like, why is there blood? But they were saying it's like from the needles. Like I think when you do... Like when you're... Sorry, what were you going to say? No, like from shooting up and it dripped out. Like it's all but, over the bed. But not only that, I think when you like... You see drug addicts that like you can only do so much in a vein and then your vein oh, just explodes. But the blood starts like, and I was like also shooting thinking, out. Yeah, you're right. And I was also thinking, um, they pick. So, you know, like they pick on their <gasps> skin. So I'm wondering if like the sores were bleeding out. Ew. But baby girl, these are not little like blood droplets. Oh like, no, you showed me. Like on your period. This is like uh, a full I'm ass. sorry. Well, not you and Jenny Jen, but like general. <laughs> but like, this is just like blood this is disgusting. It looked like the crime scene happened there. Um, and they also found over 200 needles and they found dog shit galore, oh. which they said that when they entered the house, there was no dog. So I don't know where the dog went, where it came from. <gasps> Maybe that's where the blood. Oh. I don't know. Wait. But there was dog shit and they were like, where's the dog? There's no dog in here. Do you think they went and like picked it up? I don't know. I have no clue. So finally, the Houston police received an anonymous tip from a man who claimed to have met Christine while she was in rehab. And he told police that, uh, what Christine had confessed to. Um, and he said that her and her boyfriend were responsible for the murder. So she's got loose lips. Police were able to track her down in only two days because she was going to the ATM so often to take out money to support the drug yeah. addiction. They were like, oh, there she is. Let's go get her. So police busted into the hotel and immediately arrest Christine. She immediately started telling the police so many stories and none of them were acting, uh, adding up. They were all different. And they were like, what? You just said this. She was like, oh, um, and then in like her interrogation room, she would like forget what she told them already. And they were like, it's because she was so much on drugs. She didn't even remember the conversations that she was telling us. So she was putting herself down a deep, deep hole. So oh Christine was immediately taken to trial where she hired defense attorney Mike DeGuren by her side. So he was by her side. DeGuren told jurors in his opening statement that her boyfriend, Chris, at the time was tricked out of the drugs. So he took Christine 
back to the house to show them that he wasn't scared of them. So basically, they went to go buy drugs. I don't know how drugs work, but they were like, here's $400. And when they went to go see how much they gave them, like the amount of heroin or whatever it was, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, we should have had more. Like, this doesn't add up with what I gave yeah, them. Yeah, so like we, they were gypped or something. Yeah, so he went back to show Christine, we're not scared of them. Let's go show them who's boss, basically. So... Christine told police that she did not know that Chris had intended to shoot the four. She said that she was scared and she just crouched behind a pillow when she heard gunshots and she sat there and cried and begged him to stop. Crouch behind a pillow? Like a pillar in the house. A pillar. Oh, I think you said a pillow. Pillar. I'm like, that's weird. So DeGuren uh, told the court that Chris opened um, fire with a 9mm semi-automatic pistol with 16 bullets right after they arrived. He then uh, jammed a 38 caliber revolver against Christine's stomach and told her that she needed to help. Um, so he's basically saying he forced her to do it. She didn't want to, you know. Yeah, but he gave her like a magic gun that just started going off. Remember? So Christine, who had a gun at this point, said um, Chris forced her into the living area and held a gun to her and said, shoot them. So she had to. She's like, I had to do it. Like she was just playing the victim card. So the prosecutor on this case, Rob Fryer, told jurors that uh, Chris was not alone and he should not be the only one blamed for the killings. Um, he said, quote, what a tired and pathetic tactic. He told jurors that Christine was just as responsible as Chris. Could this horrible, he said, quote, could this horrible event happen without her? Of course not. And the jurors were like, mm, he's right. So, but of course, Christine's stepfather, Thomas Dick, blamed Chris Snyder completely. Um, so he was like, he took the trial and the stand and I'll do some quotes from him later, but he was uh-huh. like, no, she would not do that. Not my daughter. So juror, um, one of the jurors, his name's Cliff Sheets. He said he was among the four who had initially voted for acquittal, acquittal, but, um, they eventually all changed their minds because once she took the, um, stand, none of her, none of her, um, stories were making sense and all of the questions that he went in that weren't answered they were answered just by what she was saying he was like oh okay oh i was she worried about this never taken the scene yeah. right always a mistake on their part but. so cliff said quote there was a lot of contradiction in her stories and and in the three interviews that she gave to police so even the interrogation videos did not match the stories that she was telling in court oh, my lord <laughs> so dr george Glass, a psychiatrist testifying for the defense said that um christine was a heroin addict and at the time she gave her statement to the police, um, she would have told investigators anything as long as she thought it would help her get drugs to relieve the painful withdrawal from the narcotics. So he's like, that's why she had so many different stories. That she makes was, sense. Yeah. So ultimately, Christine, who at this time is 22, because remember, it was three years later, mm-hmm. was found guilty by Harris uh, County jury in the connection with the deaths of her friends, Rachel, Tiffany, who were both 18, and the killings of her boy, um, of Tiffany's boyfriend, Marcus, who was 19, and his cousin, um, Albert, who was 21. Mm. So Christina received a life sentence because she was 17 at the time of the killings. The U.S. Supreme Court had ruled that it is unconstitutional to execute murderers who were juveniles when they first committed their crime. Here's the crazy part. If you tell me she's out, I'm leaving. No, here's the crazy part. Chris, her boyfriend, I'm sure you're thinking, well, where is he at? When he got news that she had been arrested... He ran out into the woods with, like, a gun and uh, drugs and, like, killed himself. I do remember reading that. Coward. 
And they tried to use that, like, well, we don't have his side of the story, you know, how do you know? And she was in court saying, like, he would admit to it, I promise you, I didn't do anything. So <laughs> she was, like, trying to use that tactic, but it didn't work. So Christine cried as the bailiff led her from the courtroom um, after District Judge Mark Kent Ellis sentenced her. Um, she has to serve 40 years before she's eligible for parole, the prosecutor said. So after more than five years, the families of the four young victims said that the guilty verdict would allow them to move on with their lives. Um, Rachel's father said, I feel justice was served. And he cried in this interview. Mm. Um, and right outside the courtroom, he said, it's a good step for us to, towards closure. He said, I will always miss my baby girl. Oh, my God. So Christine's attorney, though, Mike DeGuren, he said, well, I'm going to continue to fight for Christine. This case will be upheld. So he's still to this day trying to get it open. To this day? Yep, trying to get it open. And she's eligible for parole in five years. Or, yeah, five years. It's been 40 years? No, 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 I'm sorry. 15, I think. Something with the five. Okay. So (laughs) Christine's father... I was like, bitch, we're not that old. Christine's father 100% believes... um, his daughter is innocent. His step. His stepdaughter, yes. Yeah. But it's kind of like her father figure. Yeah. Is, yeah. So he said, quote, I'm very sorry for these families and their loss. The guy who did this is dead, though. My girl did not do it. Chris is very, very bad. He was a predator. My daughter is paying for someone else's sins. My daughter doesn't deserve this. My daughter is a victim, too. The Good end. <laughs> but... Okay. Yeah. So she's still in prison. I'm going to upload all these photos. So I'm going to upload the photos of when she was little and like the before and after, like there's a picture of her when she first entered high school at Clear mm-hmm. Lake and then her after her little makeover. And it's like, whoa, um, it kind of reminds me. Do you remember that show, The Swan, where they would take women that have like no confidence and they would give no, them like, but you've told me about it. Yeah. They would give them like whatever they need, surgery, lipo. Damn. Breath. Okay. Can I go on it? Uh, you wouldn't qualify. You're beautiful. Mm. But um, kind of reminds me of that. Not that she wasn't beautiful before, but when they finally were able to like show her, give her them what they needed to. She be. was beautiful, and then um, yeah, uh, that just shows you what fucking drugs. I mean, but also trauma I mean, at such a young age. I mean, we all go through bullying. I think she was just a lot. The drugs. I think it's the drugs. And her poor mother's like, am I to blame? Um, oh, I'm, I'm sure. The I, she first saw drugs and what it can do to you from an early age. But also, you would think that that would show you, I don't want to be like my mom. Well, you can go either way. But then it's like you, she was so infatuated with this guy that was a drug addict. And it's sad, though, because a lot of people that experience such positive reinforcement, that's almost their high, you know? Mm-hmm. And you would think that she would be like, oh, my gosh, this is life. You would think that she would do the drugs when she was at her low low, but she did it when she was at her freaking prime. But it's so, I mean, and I'm just like, I've known people where when they start dating someone and like, I've probably even been guilty of it. You just isolate yourself. And oh, yeah. I mean, I did it with my past relationship. I oh, pretty yeah. much isolated myself mm-hmm. from people. It's sad. And Thankfully, he wasn't a drug addict, but in her case, right, that was her like whole life. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god, that's horrible! Horrible. Well, guys, we're back, and I promise we have some really exciting episodes coming up. So, um, we're gonna do a haunted one, and then have I a, have another one. That... Yeah, we have a um, 
a haunted one because people fucking love the shit out of that Ouija board one, which I it was know. fun to make. So we have no issues doing that. So yeah, we're going to do a haunted one next and then we have some more murder um, next week. But Oh my God. And my murder is like a, f- well, not really friend. It's coworker. Right. But young girls. So yeah. um, this, like I said, this one came from a um, Patreon that was like, hey, can you do this case? So I was like, sure. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to send them our way. We love it. Even if we don't do them immediately, we have like this calendar that has like maybe this case then. Because I mean, there's so many cases, sadly, that we could choose from. But send us your recommendations. We'd love to hear new stuff. And we have so many countries. We have like 40 plus countries that listen to this on our app. Um, if you have any cool, and if you're listening to this and you have any cool that happened in your country, cool stories that we might not have heard of, please send them our way. Yes. Cause like, I don't some... want to just stick to American cases. Like let's hear some stuff from like, uh, our first case was in Australia well, and our second case was in England. So I know. And we did Kellyanne Bates. She's was, but I'm saying like, I want some stuff that I haven't maybe heard before. Yeah. There's a couple of like Japanese ones, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. don't really know where to look for the stuff. Bye guys. Kisses and true blood. Oh, bye.